Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. When I consider the guests that we brought this week, Tim Swartz and I, Rick Hilberg, I think this must be the geezer hour. <laughs> That's right. You said it. I sure did. I, I sure said it. I admit that I've been to the geezerhood now for quite a few years, and I'm proud of it. We all have to face up to it. Let's go back through time. Sure. Okay, we're not going to use George's time machine. We're not going to use the Wave Rider from the now-departed TV show, Legends of whatever. But we're going to instead do kind of a memory time machine, and it goes back to, what, what about the early 1960s? Mm-hmm. And a bunch of us, real young people, were reading this magazine called Flying Saucers, published by Ray Palmer, who had this notorious background as both a sci-fi and paranormal writer-editor, which we can get into another time. And then in Saucer Club News, they posted an announcements from people who had local flying saucer clubs. And they got in touch with one another. And I met people like Alan Greenfield and some guy from the Cleveland area name of Rick Hoberg. Yeah. Rick, what led you to that magazine and putting an announcement there? It's a long... We have to get in that time machine and kick it back a couple of years back to the fall of 1958. I was in my last year of elementary school, just a little wee babe. I don't know what kind of class it was. It might have been a civics class. It might have been a science class. Who the hell knows after all these years? You know, this was one year after the large UFO flap of 1957. And UFOs were were still in the headlines, kind of, or at least in the public consciousness, especially among adolescent boys who read science fiction and things like that. And, you know, just, whoa, flying saucers. Anyway, it was brought up in class, and some people started debating and talking and going back and forth. And the teacher realized, aha, I have a learning experience here. So what she did was she said, okay, well, we're not going to go into this today. Here's Here's what I want to do. I want some of you to volunteer to take sides in this and to present your evidence. You know, you can cite cases, you can cite reasons why they're real or not real. You can take the pro and con. I was a disbeliever. <laughs> so anyway, I took I took the, the, the contrary side. So us kids got together, you know, after school or whatever, and, and got together the material, and, and they made the presentation in class one day. It really, really went well. I mean, it was, for, for being such young kids, it was really, really thoughtful. And I started to listen to some of the evidence that I was trying to debunk that the other side was presenting. In my kid brain, I, I just, I couldn't find an answer to it. So I started to think, hey, well, hey, maybe there's something behind this stuff. After the class, I talked to a couple of the, the kids who were for, you know, the reality of the UFOs and started to talk to them. And what it all led to was on our Christmas break in December of 1958, we held a little meeting <laughs> and it was in the basement of one of my school chums by the name of the late Steve Bogdan. He was um, a friend of mine back in those days. His mother made us a nice lunch and everything, and we brought our books and pamphlets and whatever we had. And somebody brought a copy of Flying Saucers magazine by Ray Palmer. And I said, oh, this is really interesting. Well, where, you know, where did you get it? And the, the kid said, 
I got it up at Angie's Delicatessen, just right up on Lorraine Avenue, right down from the school we went to, McKinley School. Angie's Delicatessen? Were they eating Angie's- a magazine? Oh, Gene, they had magazines, they had paperback books. This was the, every kid's dream. After school, you could go in there and get an ice cream cone or some candy or whatever or at the soda fountain and go over and buy comic books or look at magazines. And if you were lucky enough to have a dollar in your pocket, if, you know, my grandmother and grandfather were really, you know, feeling sorry for me or generous, I'd, I'd have a buck in my pocket. And I'd buy myself like four different magazines, not to mention the comic books were only a dime back then, but you know, I could buy four nice magazines, and one of them happened to be Flying Saucers, and that's where I got hooked. I, I read Ray Palmer's uh, Flying Saucers on a regular basis after that, and eventually I subscribed, and I met up just through, through junior high school. I met up with some other guys who were interested in the subject, but, but by then I was a raving lunatic about it, and we sort of joined, it was formed a little club, and got other people together, yada, 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 and, uh, you know, started doing doing a, a little newsletter and a spirit duplicated that my dad bought for me. Hold your horses, you know. Yeah. People these days don't know from spirit duplicators, mimeograph yeah. machines. Yeah. They don't know that. They think, well, I've got my little inkjet printer in the corner and I've got my yeah. laser printer. But then, oh. no, you didn't have that kind of thing. So tell people what was a spirit It's not something, by the way, that appears at night and makes weird noises. No, no, and it didn't. It did not replicate those damn ghosts, you know. So I ain't afraid of no ghosts, but they didn't replicate them anyway. It was called other by other names a ditto machine. What it was a smelly thing. You had an alcohol and some sort of drum and container, and you may have typed out a stencil on your typewriter that you really could not correct. Uh, you put it on this uh, duplicator, and it fed alcohol out onto this little stencil, which you don't. None of the people know what that is. But anyway, it was the, the letters came through in an aniline dye of some sort, purple, and uh, you would crank out your your newsletters. And this was what every teacher in the world back in the 1950s either had a spirit duplicator, a ditto machine, they were also called ditto machines, had one of these things, or had access to one. And that's where you got your quizzes on. It was a little, it smelled of alcohol and something else, the paper did, when it was done. So that's what it was. It was even even more primitive than a mimeograph machine. By the way, this is not purple prose, ladies and gentlemen. No. That's just the color of the printouts. I remember this at the schools I went to. The mimeograph machine was maybe a little messier, but the stencils I used for mimeograph, within limits, you could take this liquid schmutz, yes. that's a technical term, and correct yes. it, which you couldn't do with the spirit machine. No, you could not. And I, I had a mimeograph machine. I eventually bought one. And as a matter of fact, I, I, for a little job, printing thing that I had going. I used to mimeograph some of Tim Beckley's stuff, some of his promotional material and things like that. I would I would mimeograph that for Tim before he got a machine of his own. So <laughs> but yes, you you could. Um it was an inky, messy, gloppy machine. You got your hands all full of ink Put it, if you didn't put the stencil on just right, but you could correct it with a, like a, a waxy substance, but it, it, half the time it didn't work. It was those were the primitive days. We should we should have been you know like, like a cuneiform tablet, and we should have been etching stuff in stone. I think we would have done better. 
Tim, I'm waiting Hello? for you. No, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just having a good time uh, 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 listening. You know, you're talking about the ditto machines. I mean, my my middle school uh, was still using uh, the ditto machine uh, wow. for, yeah, for the uh, like the school newsletter uh, that mm-hmm. that came out every week. But uh, but yeah, I remember. And then and you had to. Seems to me that you had to put it in backwards. In order yes. for it to print out forwards. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And if you wanted to do like any illustrations or anything like that, you had to draw them directly onto mm-hmm. the stencil. <laughs> yep, I did that. I did that. I did. I did a newsletter on my own once this little local Cleveland club broke up. It was called UFO. First, it was called UFO Newsletter. Okay, and I did a few issues of that. And uh, then I found out there was a fellow by Lee Munz, named Lee Munzik in New Jersey, I believe he was back in the time. And he had yes. a little newsletter called UFO Newsletter. So I said, oh, I better not do this anymore. I better change the name. So I changed it to UFO Magazine. Let's continue with my old friend Rick Hilberg, one of my oldest friends on the planet, Tim Swartz, a newer friend. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. No matter if supply lines are down, product deliveries are slow, and that most everything costs more these days, you still have neck and shoulder pain, right? Good news. Sunny Bay has new products that target neck and shoulder pain. Products that are in stock now, ready to ship anywhere now. Like our extra-long neck heating pads. They provide soothing relief to painful, sore necks and backs. You can heat them in a microwave oven, and they come in a variety of colors and patterns. And for stress relief, get our lavender-scented hands-free neck wraps or maybe you need one of our smaller lower back wraps great for seniors again there's no shipping delays from sunny bay find our new products on amazon walmart etsy and sunny-bay.com just search for sunny bay neck wraps all our products are great for men or women are reusable and easy to clean remember just search for sunny bay neck wraps order now because stock is high and shipping is fast from sunny bay I'm a 
about to give you a life-changing URL that if you will simply visit it and give these tax consultants a call, it will change your life. Whether you're a blue-collar worker or whether you're a school teacher or whether you're a scientist or whether you're a millionaire, almost no one out there is taking advantage of legal, lawful tax loopholes. Go to GCNTaxCut.com. It takes you right to America Tax Solutions, and they will give you an amazing preview of what they can do for you. GCNTaxCut.com. GCNTaxCut.com. I'm Ben Utech. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but it can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion. So parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports. It's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com slash concussion. That's aan.com slash concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Rick Hilbert goes back through time telling us about his first Flying Saucer Club. So you changed the magazine's title after learning that Lee Munzik a fellow yes. from New Jersey, had a magazine mm-hmm. with the same title as yours. You went for UFO magazine, but that wasn't original either, was it? Yes, it was original. I had the original UFO magazine. Later on in the, uh, what was it, the 1970s and 80s, well, maybe 80s, there was a, it was called California UFO. It was a newsstand sort of a magazine, slick and everything. Then they changed the title to UFO magazine. It was kind of a sensational magazine. I published UFO magazine from 1962, uh, when I changed the name up until 1970, when, uh, my good old friend Alan Maddox, you, you knew well. He had started Flying Saucer Digest back in 1967. And um, in 1970, I was going through a divorce, uh, a little down in the dumps and this and that, and uh, having been transferred in my job out of town, the whole, you know, schmear. He offered, hey, you know, why don't you come in with me and we'll, you know, do it together. Well, I was weak enough, so I, I went in with Al and, and uh so it went into you it went into Flying Saucer Digest. But no, I had the original UFO magazine and I refer to it as such. So when there was another UFO magazine, what did you think about that? 
Well, I, I, there's not much I can think because I did not copyright the name or anything like that. But uh, people, you know, I would when I would talk about what if I write an article or, or talk to somebody about UFO magazine, they would say, "Oh yeah, I get that on a newsstand or whatever." I, I would have to explain to them, "No, no, that's not." the same UFO magazine. Mine was the original one. But of course, it's gone too now, so <laughs> what does it matter? Yeah, well, UFO magazine's departure was rather unceremonious, mm. if you get my drift. Yes, yes. Well, I was, I was not a reader, and I was not a fan. That's beside the point. Uh, I, I, I really dislike sensationalism and phony stories and, you know, crap like that. And uh, let's just say that I, I was not a regular reader. There was also the U.K. version uh, called UFO Magazine. And so that added another <laughs> disruption to the mix. Because you had UFO Magazine, United States, your UFO Magazine, and then UFO Magazine, Great Britain. Well, mine, mine was long gone then, Tim. Mine, 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 mine was gone by 1970, so it, it was just between the, you know, the British one and the, and the, the American one. So it didn't bother me back then. It didn't bother me. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, where I grew up, it was a relatively small town, and uh, I, think, I think I was the only person in that town interested in UFOs. And, of course, you couldn't find... Any UFO-related uh, magazines. I mean, the closest that we had was Hook's Drugstore, mm-hmm. where no. And, and fortunately, though, you could buy. They they had like a huge, huge shelf of paperback books. So all of my first books, UFO-related, John Keel, Brad Steiger, uh, Jacques Vallée. All came from uh, Hook's, Hook's Drugstore. It wasn't until I got a book by um, John Keel, and he actually had listed in the back of that book a series of, of different UFO-related magazines that I even realized that there was such a thing. Hmm. That's uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's how far back uh, 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 my little town was, and, and you know this would have been you know the early 1970s. So thanks to John Keel's book, uh, I got a subscription to Fate Magazine. That was the first one, wow. and then yeah, and then uh, and then that that opened my eyes up to everything else. Well, Fate certainly certainly is an iconic publication. I mean, ever since 1948, and, and quite frankly, a lot of people back in the day uh, used to used to get more of their information from Fate than they ever did from flying saucers. I mean, Fate had a much larger circulation than did uh, Rap and his uh, you know flying saucers. But anyway, as Gene mentioned before, that's how we all met up because I you know I think we started to. Um, put in the club news section when I was still together in junior high with these other fellows that we eventually broke up. But anyway, I think we put our first, you know, ad in there, if we call it an ad or whatever, and got in touch with, got in touch with Gene and got in touch with Tim Beckley, uh, Alan Greenfield, uh, some, uh, Tom Burke, another guy who's long gone, Robert Miller down in Newark, Ohio, uh, people all over the country, uh, even forget, uh, 
some of the names, but but uh, you know that that's where we that's where we hooked up. And is is Gene, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, Gene, but there back in the early 1960s there was this huge teen UFO ufology movement, and uh, so many of us were getting a David Halperin. You know, here's another example of of a teen ufologist, um, and, and like Tim and, and and Gene and myself, and uh, we we were quite active, and actually we. Uh, a brother proud of what some of us did because eventually we were able to sort of legitimize the field a little bit in, in that we were not contactee oriented or anything like that and uh, we eventually started what became the National UFO Convention uh, and uh, so I think I think we made some progress but uh, of course back then everything was teen teen this or teen that the teenagers were such a large you know marketing segment that uh, all the advertisers on TV and then the magazines and kids kid read kids read Magazines back then, there were teen magazines, you know. They're for teen boys, they had their own magazine. Teen girls had their own magazines and both together had, ma- and it was, uh, it was a lucrative market for the advertisers and, and everything was teen oriented, but that, that's some cultural thing that really doesn't, <laughs> really doesn't bear upon the UFO subject too much, but it's just an interesting observation about the times. Interesting you mentioned the people that we all met up with in those days, of course, Tim Beckley. David Halperin, who still yes. comes on the Paracast every so often. He's a yes. retired religious scholar. And yes. the most interesting show we did with David, I think it was the first or second one, where we had Eric Von Daniken on the show. Now, wow. remember, Von Daniken was a hotel employee, self-taught when it comes to ancient astronaut lore. David Halperin is a religious scholar, and he dissected everything neatly calmly Mm -hmm. okay let's get to that other part of it here of course we had something that was called then middle ufology middle Mm -hmm. ufology what Mm -hmm. the heck was that we've only got a few seconds before we do our break so before we define middle ufology and talk about our decision to establish a different kind of ufo convention not like giant rock with all the wacky crazy contactees and all that stuff we're talking to Rick Hilberg, someone I've known for so many years, I can't count them. They do not have that many positions on the abacus, which is, of course, what we use in those days. Tim Swartz is our guest co-host once again this week. And by the way, speaking of geezers, Alan Greenfield will join us in July. Tim, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Here's a question for you. Why is it that some people aren't as stressed out about the future as you'd think they'd be? Answer? They're probably among the millions of Americans who have prepared themselves with emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. If the worst ever happens, literally millions of American families are already protected from dealing with empty store shelves. Is yours? If not, go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now and grab some emergency food kits, at least one for each member of your family. These kits give you a wide variety of delicious meals that average over 2,000 calories per day. Everything stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. 
Order your kits now by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your order will ship fast and arrive discreetly in unmarked boxes. Listen, this is something you need to jump on now, before the next news headline stuns the world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. A third police officer has died after a shootout in eastern Kentucky. Floyd County Sheriff John Hunt says deputies were attempting to serve a warrant in the town of Allen when the shooting happened Thursday night. On Friday morning, authorities announced that two officers had died in the shooting and a third was in critical condition. A police spokesman then announcing the third officer died of his injuries Friday night. Four other officers were also injured. The suspect has been taken into custody. Millions of Americans are hitting the road and airports this 4th of July weekend. AAA expecting nearly 48 million people to travel 50 miles or more over the holiday. That's up 4% from last year. If you're traveling by car, the latest AAA station survey showing the national average price for a gallon of regular gas, $4.82 a gallon. USA Radio News. One state is taking action after a recent Supreme Court ruling. Disrespecting a Supreme Court of the United States decision, New York State lawmakers, at the instruction of temporary governor and lieutenant governor, Democrat Kathy Hochul on Friday, did it again. In defiance of the Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, Democrats passed gun legislation that would severely limit where law-abiding citizens can have possession of their weapon and require background checks to buy ammunition. We are creating a definitive list of sensitive locations where individuals will not be able to carry firearms. One such location is New York City's Times Square. Republican Assemblyman Andy Cadell said the legislation ignores the high court's ruling and is more restrictive than the bill it was struck down by the Supreme Court this week. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Prime. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden spending their holiday weekend at Camp David. USA Radio News. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. Sir Rick Hilberg, old friend, define middle ufology. 
Well, back in the day, uh, we we didn't even know what it was. <laughs> you know, here's my definition of middle ufology. I guess there are several definitions. It really, middle ufology was not named until the 1970s. So we're going back to the early 1960s. So uh, it, it took 10 years or so for for the term to to gestate or whatever and come out. But blah, blah blah. Anyway. My definition of middle ufology is, as you mentioned before, that you had the contactee crowd, you know, that held the giant rock conventions, the space brothers, and uh, meeting meeting the space people here and there, and selling books, and and they, you know, they were here to protect us from atomic bombs and all that other stuff, you know, the sweetness and light, the the space brothers, and you had the people that us, the teen ufologists, that were kind of middle of the road, let's say. We disdained the contactee movement. We were somewhat more liberal in our thought. We we could we could entertain, for instance, we could entertain the, the thought of UFO landings. We could entertain the thought that actually UFO beings may occasionally get out of these things and walk around and do stuff, you know, as opposed to the stodgy groups like NICAP uh, and uh, APRO to some certain extent, and, and certainly the early MUFON organization, um, they were very, very conservative and straight-laced. They were trying to play at being scientific, just like the NICAP uh, was trying to play at being the Air Force. <laughs> but we were in the middle, and we we said, okay, well, we we embrace a lot of different things. Uh, we're willing to listen to people. Uh, while we we did not promote the contacteeism, we did promote the idea that some people had observed UFO beings. We promoted the idea that there were actually very valid UFO landing cases, and that there are actually cases where some UFO knots, the pilots of these things, were you know actually observed. Uh, that that's my definition. At some point in time, a group of you guys formed something called the Congress of Scientific Ufologists. Rather a pretentious name, but it was the first one. Soon it was replaced by a name that was more sensible. So explain how that came to be. As a matter of fact, it came to be in a rather roundabout way. Back back in the early 60s, Alan Greenfield and I became very good friends. Um, and we would, uh, we would tape spawn. <laughs> People actually in those days would write letters back and forth, typewriters, you know, whatever those things were. But it was so much easier if you bought a tape recorder, which had a reel-to-reel tape, magnetic tape on it, that you could actually record and play back and, you know, play music, uh, talk, whatever you wanted to do. So we would tape each other letters, like lasting an hour or so, and mail them off, and uh, you, you would listen to it and answer it back on the same tape and mail it back. Uh, somehow or other, in the summer of 1963, Alan was thinking of holding or the idea of holding some sort of serious UFO convention, again, not contactee-oriented, 
with, with, with like-minded people someplace. And I was kind of thinking, you know, what can, what, what can we do? What kind of meeting can we, how can we get people together, you know, and, and to band together to, 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 to have a better voice, to, to share our information, et cetera, et cetera. And I was kind of thinking about it at the same time. So however, whoever was the first, uh, it may have been Greenfield first, it may have been me first. I really don't know. I really don't care. But whatever it was, it turned into this idea for a serious convention. Well, where do we hold it? Well, at that particular time, besides doing my UFO magazine, uh, I was also a member of a local UFO organization. And one of the members of that local UFO organization was Alan Manick. And uh, Alan, uh, in those days, was in his 30s, quite an energetic fellow. He was a cartographer, uh, quite intelligent, well-read, et cetera. And he, he was a ufologist. And he became chairman of this organization. The group would, you know, get 50, 60 people. We met in a downtown Cleveland YMCA building. Uh, uh, we talk about old school there. And uh, hold our meetings and whatnot. And I was talking to Al about this. So I was talking to this fellow named Greenfield. And, you know, we were thinking, and Al said, well, that's a damn good idea. You know, okay, let's get it. To, let's get something together. And between getting together with Al and, and Greenfield and myself, we came up with the idea to hold it in Cleveland. Um, as far as the name was concerned, well, we just noodled around and we wanted to call it something respectable as in hindsight we realized it was terribly terribly pretentious <laughs> so that's we called it the congress of scientific ufologists and it was held in the in june of 1964 i think it was this past weekend some george eberhardt i think uh reminded me that it was the anniversary this past weekend saturday or saturday and sunday whatever it was and uh, uh in the in the same central YMCA building where the local group had its meetings, except we did not meet in the little uh, group uh, room. We met in what was called Parlor C, which was a large little auditorium-like section. They, you know, they they would set up, you know, chairs for us and a a, a podium, et cetera, et cetera. And we had our first convention there. I, may I also interject that? Um, Quite a few of the luminaries came. I don't know if you were there the first year, Gene, or not, or in 64, but Jim Mosley came. Um, I believe David Halpern came. Tim Beckley wasn't there, but there were a couple people from around the country, plus Greenfield. Dale Reddick was also involved. Uh, Greenfield and Reddick and I were in another organization together, a national organization that we were trying to form at the same time. It gets complicated. We have such convoluted stories and, you know, you know, intertwined publications. Anyway, Dale Reddick was involved with it, and we held our first meeting at that central YMCA in the uh, in June of 1964, and drew a decent crowd. And it went on from there. We we every year since then, up until the 1990s of some, I believe, late 1990s, there was a national UFO conference held somewhere in the, in the country. Where does Congress of Scientific Ufologists? as we all agree, a pretentious name, become National UFO Conference. Gosh, I believe, Gene, it came around in the early 1970s. I think Jim Mosley was, was behind us saying, this, is, this, this, this name is, you know, we have to change this name. This, this, 
this makes us sound really wacky. So uh, whoever came up with the name, it might have been might have been Jim, might have been in conjunction with John Robinson. I I don't know. Uh, But anyway, the name was changed to something more sedate, the the National UFO Conference, and that's that's what happened. Each year you had somebody sponsor the convention. I did it one year. Yes. And we had this hotel in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. We didn't have money to do a lot of advertising, and I think at the end of the day, our loss was $135, which isn't too bad. I mean, if you can almost break even after all that work, it wasn't so bad. You can't expect to make money from these conventions. The people who do that are the ones who run Comic-Con that have 150,000 people or something. They make money. Boy, do they make money. Anyway, we'd have a new sponsor every year who would invest the time and the trouble to have it in the city in which they live. But eventually that thing kind of sort of died out, as everything did. Was it a matter of professional commitments or nobody any longer willing to invest in putting it on? Well, here's the story as I see it, okay? The UFO field changed from a group of, of enthusiasts who would get together and hold the conventions and who actually did research and writing and whatnot on the subject and actually knew something. And when these when these conventions were held, we would speak to the audience for free. We've got more with Rick and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833 848 
833-833-2590. That's 833-VITAL90. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's one. Rad. Consistent results when used for heart problems. This product has been a godsend for my father, who suffered a heart attack about two years ago. He was prescribed medications for his condition, which was so serious that if he hadn't made it to the hospital in time, he would have died. But he hasn't been able to afford most of the medications. After researching alternatives, he tried Extendivite. While taking Extendivite, he has consistently lower blood pressure and experiences less angina. We are currently on our fifth bottle. I enthusiastically recommend this product and I am grateful that it is available. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Basically, in our previous section, we talk about the fact that the National UFO Conference is no more. This was a labor of love. People would speak for free or for a very small amount of money. I mean, sometimes people did pay people to come. I know Jim Mosley tried to run a big commercial UFO, national UFO conference in 1967, and that just ended up being totally disorganized. Yes, I was there, as were you. And uh, Tim Beckley, as I recall, it was a totally, totally disorganized mess. But anyway, I think Jim was the first when he held that big 1967 convention in New York City at the old Commodore Hotel. I don't even know if it exists anymore or not, but at the old Commodore Hotel. And um, he started to pay people. He he was trying to bring in Ray Palmer. No, he was trying to bring in Ken Arnold. He was able to get Roy Finnis from the, the then popular TV show, The Invaders. Uh, he got Frank Strange's. Um, God, <laughs> Huang, John Neville, and, and there were there were quite a few speakers, but Jim actually started the precedent in '67 by paying speakers, um, and thereafter, this is with the National UFO Conference, mind you, not not some of the not the MUFON uh, conventions or whatever or other conventions. Uh, eventually, as the years went by, more and more 
only for a fee. And uh, that's where the crunch came in. You, you, you were paying sometimes hundreds of dollars uh, to bring in one speaker. And, uh, I mean, you if you had a crowd of just several hundred people, uh, it was awful tight because you you had to have more than one speaker and you had to pay a, a fee for the for the venue and you had to buy publicity and you, you know this that and the other thing rent equipment so um, that's where it got out of hand and I think as you mentioned earlier um, they 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 died off simply because people were not willing to invest the time and the re, the money uh, in, in in holding them anymore and that's probably why it died out now I mean you have speakers you can't get anyone at any of these conferences without you know paying a, a, a decent buck expenses room you name it airfare uh, some of these guys and gals are making that really swell I, I guess it was you know born to uh, uh, way too soon I, I, if I was born later maybe I could have gotten in on this this uh, cash cow and uh, when I used to do my uh, my lectures around the country for free so but anyway that 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 really as you, you and I both mentioned that, I think that caused the demise of the group. Of course, now, of course, we have people who earn their living, earn their keep from lecturing, like Stanton Friedman, for example. And for a time, even Jim Mosley would do lectures to get extra money. Not that he needed the money, but he would do it anyway and keep out there. But he did it originally because he went to the same lecture representative as Major Donald Kehoe. And he said, you know what, I'll do the same venues, but I'll charge you less. So it was getting his revenge against Kehoe to do those lectures. Yes. I'm, I'm curious, though. Um, your first UFO uh, conference there at the YMCA, mm-hmm. what did that consist of? Now, you know, I mean, those of us who have been to, you know, more recent events, I mean, you know, that you know, there's all kinds of speakers, and then there's a room where you can buy merchandise and books and this, you know, uh, things like that. You know, what did that first one consist of? Well, it consisted of basically some of the people who were attending as delegates, let's call them, actually making the presentations. Jim Mosley made a presentation. Al Manick made a presentation. Um, I made a presentation. I showed what was the... uh, but what have was the would have become eventually my my standard lecture that I you know added to an attitude years ago the history the illustrated history of UFOs I I did that um, and uh, that's basically it. Um, Plus, as far as the books and magazines, there were a few tables scattered around. Yeah, in another room, we had a, like a media room, and uh, there were tables up there. And people put some of their publications out for sale. Jim Mosley had Saucer News. I had some of my stuff. A couple other people had this and that, the other thing. And But it was just all penny anything. things. Um, nothing like today. Nothing like today. It was rather primitive. Of course, conventions are big commercial affairs nowadays. Even MUFON, they try to make it rather profitable. But the problem with MUFON is some years they bring on the wackos, the things that we try to guard against with the Conference of Scientific Ufologists and the National UFO Conference. MUFON doesn't care quite as much. No. 
No, they don't. As a matter, that, 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 they, the, the whole field of ufology, um, as illegitimate or legitimate as you may think it is, um, has changed radically since those days. I mean, the things that we considered, we were considered radical in our time for, for actually promoting and believing in UFO landings. Uh, we, and also the, the sightings of the UFOnauts, the beings seen around these objects. We, you know, that was, uh, kind of unheard of, although Abro had been, uh, doing, uh, you know, having occupant cases primarily from South America. Um, but that, that's, that's another story. Anyway, Today, anything goes. There, back in the day, we admitted we did not know what UFOs are. We do not know. We are trying to find the answer. Help us find the answer. We need evidence. We need people to work together. We need to solve this mystery. But today, the mystery is solved without a goddamn piece of evidence. Forgive my French. But it, it is taken for granted that... The UFOs are extraterrestrial spacecraft coming from different different uh, uh, civilizations with different types of occupants all working together somehow or other abducting people and doing this and doing that and these people are convinced that they know the answer and uh, some of the crowd that, that go there is every single light that they see in the sky becomes a UFO and becomes somehow or other significant. Um, I, uh, I stopped going to some of the, the MUFON uh, conventions uh, myself a long time ago. I, I just said, this is getting, this is getting bizarre. I, I don't need this. I don't need this because where is the proof? There is no proof. And I could even go on further on this that if you watch all these tabloid TV shows that are so very popular today on cable TV, um, you'll see one that, that was going around about a fellow whose name I'm not going to mention, who was allegedly working on an Air Force project, um, investigating the Tic Tacs and this, that, and the other thing. And um, uh, he and his uh, group, uh, his cohorts or whatever that were doing the show, they decided to come up what what kind of evidence have we gathered? What do what do we know now? What have we found out about UFOs? Well, we found out A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And you know what? All right on down the line, we knew that in the goddamn 1950s. We knew that when we were teen ufologists in the 1960s. They forgot because the ufology of today does not have a proper understanding of its history. They do not know what happened in the past. They are not interested in the past. They have absolutely no stomach or, or, or reason to go into looking into historical cases. If they did, they may find out that they're just going around in a great big circle. They're doing exactly what we did, not necessarily in the same way, but they're doing exactly what we did back in the day, and they're not getting one iota closer to an actual factual truth or answer, period. Well, the entire UFO mystery nowadays, at least according to the Pentagon, consists of the Tic Tac UFOs going forward, going backwards now. In fact, even people who actually say they might do older stuff become celebrities like Luis Elizondo. Now, Luis Elizondo, don't know the guy, 
seen him on TV a couple of times, seems like a decent gentleman. But he was put into this administrative position with the Pentagon UFO project, one of them, there have been several, and suddenly he's the world's greatest expert on UFOs. And you have to wonder here, wait a minute, what about all these people who have been spending decades learning this? And here's a brand new guy, a newcomer, writing a book, going to set the record straight? You know, I don't know. I don't know what he has to say anymore. No criticism intended. It's just I wonder. I don't wonder what Rick Hilberg has to say. You folks know. Tim Swartz, Gene Steinberg, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the long and short of it is, Rick Hilberg, and we've got a lot of ground to cover and some questions from our audience, but I don't expect that you anticipate the UFO mystery being solved within our lifetimes. While you and I and Alan Greenfield and those still left are still amongst us here, if it's going to be solved, it will be far in the future. It will be solved in the future, or it will be understood in the future. Me personally, I believe we are dealing with 
an intelligence that has existed along with us, humankind, since the very beginnings of our sentience and our, the, 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 the establishment of what we call civilization. Whether this intelligence is corporeal or not, I do not know. But it has followed us, shadowed us. It has toyed with us. It's something kind of like valet, I think, believes in, in, certain, in certain cases. It has created things, wonders for us. It, is, it created the flying shields that the Romans reported, the, the wheel within a wheel that the prophet Ezekiel described, and going on down through the years, it, 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 this, the airships, the mystery airships of 1896 and 1897 and later. And, and it's curious that these, these manifestations seem to kind of parallel our development at the time, you know, airships back in the 1890s, well, this considered, that's impossible. Man will never be able to get up in these balloons and travel and, and whatnot. And heavier than aircraft were just so oh, dismissed out of hand. But look what happened. We eventually did. The Wright brothers did and other Samuel Langley and other, you know, people who, who were working on this did. And the UFOnauts of today, the people that are abducting, we're, we're, you know, our people are being abducted, millions of them, if we believe some of the statistics that some of these people are, are coming up with, because everybody is, a, is an experiencer. I, I had several trigger incidents here, or you remember this, you don't do this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you could be the experiencer, and you're going to put into hypnotic regression. Oh, there you are. You've had an experience. Anyway, we had that long before. Before the UFO knots, it was the fairies. The fairies abducted human people. They did things to people. Um, they had they induced missing time. What's the difference? It's evolving. The fairies died out. The fairies died out really in, in the late 1890s, 1890, around 1900. Some of the last of the, the actual fairy, the wee folk, the, the, the good neighbors, whatever you want to call them, the gentry were were were. And, and the British Isles, primarily, in the Celtic countries. And guess what? Eventually, a few years later, we had beings showing up that now have evolved into little gray creatures. So I believe that something is, something is there with us, messing with us. Why it's messing with, us, messing with us, I don't know. Is it just in some sort of perverse, way trying to just to, to annoy us i don't know are they trying to teach us something i don't know but i think i think that's that's where that's where the phenomenon comes from and possibly sometime in the future some historian or sociologist or whatever may may look at all the evidence and, and come up with this and say there's something going on here uh, maybe put two and two together maybe you know that that they will finally be um recognized or who knows we may, may never really meet them or, or come face to face with them that's that's just my that's my take but no i don't think we will ever find an answer in our lifetime see though this is this is why it's important to know the history of the phenomena to research the history of the phenomena you know i i get a lot of uh, of grief from people who who say eh 
you know, these old cases, they're not important. It's, you know, it's the new ones. The new ones are going to uh, help us understand everything. And it's it's somewhat irritating because of that closed-minded attitude. And it's like you had stated previously, you know, the research then just goes kind of on an infinite loop. You know, people thinking that they've discovered something new when it was old news 50 years ago. Right. Exactly. And that's the, that's the direction I've gone in in recent years. Um, when my, my late wife became ill, I decided to, to cease publication of Flying Saucer Digest, which was had been going since 1967, which I took over um, eventually upon Al's death in 1990, Al Maddox's death in 1999, and, and uh, did a lot of publishing, you know, besides Flying Saucer Digest, I decided in, in 2018 it was time to retire because she was she was going to need all kinds of care and treatments. So, um, but even before that time, I was really heavily into historical research. That's that's where I've been the last 20 years or so. So I've been I've been doing this historical research, trying to get original material wherever I can. Go back to the very beginning. Uh, get primary sources, whether it be newspapers of of the time, uh, articles uh, that were published uh, in whatever publications, uh, magazines, books, whatever. Uh, before they got became contaminated, retold so many times, and became distorted. So that. That, that's that's where I've been, and that's why I'm. That's about all that I'm doing today is 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 doing historical writing on, on the subject. I write for several publications, one's print and one's online. Plus, I do my own Facebook postings of historical cases that, that people just choose to ignore. But um, yeah, that that's where I'm at, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Tim. Would you say that, like? I think a lot of, of, of researchers who who started out. I mean, were you originally in the uh, uh, extraterrestrial hypothesis camp? Yes, we we suspected that would be the the ultimate answer. That's the answer we were basically hoping for because it was quite a romantic notion that we are actually being visited by sentient beings from some other planet or some other galaxy or wherever. Um, and we, we thought they were all nuts and bolts um, until we really started to study and they evolved even more. They evolved from, you know, just uh, uh, like the Socorro incident, you know, in 1964, where these two little clad creatures were seen by Lonnie Zamora beside an egg-shaped object and uh, fooling around in, the, in a royal or whatever and eventually took off. It, it, it went for more where people were actually being stopped on the highways, such as the hills back in 1961. And uh, taken on board the, the UFOs, and uh, it just went on from there. It escalated, so uh, who knew? Who knew? But at that time, we, 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 we thought that that, that that was, we thought that that was um, uh, where we would eventually end up. But little did we know. Well, I know that when I first started in this crazy game, back in the 50s and 60s, as a preteen and a teenager, I really believe the mystery would be solved. I couldn't even think, when I'm 76 years old, it's still going to be doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. A lot of people get discouraged about it. A lot of, a lot of, the, a lot of the old-timers have really dropped out simply because of that. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people who, who just... I, I, <laughs> 
this is crazy. Well, I'm wasting my time. Uh, but somehow or other, we're hanging on. But somehow or other, when you when you go back to it, there's a certain mystique about the whole field. Somehow or other, and, and to me, and I've said this many times before, somehow the whole idea of the UFOs. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking as I would be thinking back as a teenager. Okay, when the world was a little fresher and a little newer and a little less complicated, and I was a little less cynical. But to me, there was a sense of wonder, dreaming, and awe all at the same time about these things. And that's what hooked me really on the subject. And that's, that's what still keeps me going, believe it or not. I still have that sense. It's not as strong as it used to be, but I still, I still have that within me. We've got... Tim and Gene and Rick, you're in. The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. 
Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word George and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Special guest this week is the one, the only, except no substitutes, Rick Hilberg. Our guest co-host is Tim Swartz, who is about to ask Rick a question. Go ahead, Tim. We had talked in the previous segment about the extraterrestrial hypothesis, and I don't, I'm not talking about the, uh, uh, the contactees from the 1950s, but, you know, there have been a lot of, of one-off encounters where the human witnesses basically were told by the the guys that uh, came out of these landed craft oh yeah you know we we come from you know zeta reticuli or 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 whatever so i mean it's 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 no wonder that fairly early on you know people were like yeah you know ufo's nuts and bolts spaceships from other planets when you actually had these these humanoids uh, seemingly confirm these ideas Yes, I think that's where we are today. Except now, there there are there there are so many one-offs <laughs> that have come <laughs> over the years that have been kind of woven woven together in a tapestry. I mean, we have insectoid beings, we have the little gray aliens, we have these tall Nordic-like beings, we have reptilian beings. Uh, you you know, well, you name it. We have jelly donut-filled beings. We have them from all different you know types of physical characteristics seemingly from you know 19 zillion different planets or galaxies what you mean to tell me that all these people or all these civilizations are here visiting us doing these god awful things to us you know if i would believe that there were so so many people being abducted and uh, by so many different civilizations whether they're working together or not um, I mean, these these beings would have to be stacked up, you know, worse than Kennedy Airport on a busy uh, holiday up in the up in the sky, trying to, to trying to get their business done. So, uh, you tell me. I mean, it's 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 a mess. What? 
where is the consistency? You, the ufologists today are willing to accept any story, no matter how outlandish it is, no matter how illogical it may be. Uh, they simply do not even know the principle of Occam's razor. There is just this whole plethora of things that are, that are accepted, that are believed in, and that are gospel now. It's etched in stone. This is, this is what's happening. So to me, it's, it's totally bizarre. Uh, any pretense of trying to be scientifically, you know, studying this thing, no matter what group may claim they're, they're, they're studying them scientifically, is just a bunch of uh, hogwash. I know that it's it's really become a quagmire in trying to research this. But, I mean, I, I know from cases that I have investigated and have, and have talked to people firsthand, people who have no desire for publicity, they're not looking for attention or to make money, they're just scared and wondering what happened to them and some of the wildest stories from just i mean just your average joe on the street just just really flabbergasts me sometimes so i mean yeah it's 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 no wonder that people tend to be really confused about which direction or which directions <laughs> you know like going in all different directions that our research is taking us i mean it's so much simpler you know back in the 60s <laughs> right yeah you so and so saw this saw that but this is similar to that case and that case is similar to this case and you know right on down the line but i think what has really confused things um uh, is the 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 rise of the internet has really in a way sort of dumbed down the field considerably because it allows every Tom Dick and Harry uh and Harriet to to go online and to post you know some of their tales some of them are probably are undoubtedly quite serious some of them are 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 far from serious some of them are just you know trying to to to, to have a good time and unfortunately a lot of people are listening to what these people say so it's really confused the field and there are so many there are so many Cameras now, smartphones have every smartphone has a camera, a pretty sophisticated camera. You know, considering the uh, the technology of the fifties or sixties, now people are carrying them on their you know on their person everywhere, every day, all day, all night, seemingly. Where back then you you had a, 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 a photograph was taken of the UFO or something, they had, the photography had to be very damn lucky. To have had to have a camera by while this thing was there and got the shot. But you know what? I have not seen any really credible, good quality photographs of UFOs. I see a lot of light refractions. I see a lot of lights in the sky. I see a lot of people that are saying this is, these are orbs and that they're UFOs when they're just motes of dust or something or camera uh, artifacts of the digital camera. Um, I see reflections in windows, reflections of street lights. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable the crap, the, the, the stuff that is coming out today is, is just totally unbelievable. It's, 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 there is no quality in these photographs. If, if, if there was something really 
going on here on a consistent basis the way these people are claiming they would have gotten some decent photographs that aren't such obvious crap or manipulated. Some people come up with these really nice photographs and stuff that are a product of, you know, Photoshop or whatever. You know, stuff could be manipulated. And some of the films, oh my lord, they're just just hokey. It's 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 crazy. It's it's like the you know uh, the, the 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 madhouse. Uh, the, the inmates are running the asylum here. Well, that's what we always say here on the Paracast, that we are a bunch of inmates struggling to understand this really crazy, wacky world of ours. But the point I always worry about here is, in terms of solid physical evidence, considering all the sightings, the people who claim to be abducted, there doesn't seem to be a lot going on there, even though something real is happening. So are we suggesting less than physical? That's a great possibility. Yes, um, uh, we, we 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 undoubtedly are in certain instances, and in many in many cases, I actually don't think that there is any outside intelligence that is connected with it. I believe a lot of these cases um, are occurring um, in the in the minds of the witnesses themselves, the, the, the experiencers themselves, for whatever reason. And there but there is another opportunity, and I think this is something in the future that that that, that psychology or psychiatry or both may be able to, to find some answers to why are these people. Well it has become in essence, as as many have said before, including Jung, is is sort of turned into a functioning myth somehow or other. So to these people that are having these experiences, they are absolutely convinced that what has happened to them and what is happening to them is actually real. We have another reality to explore. Yes. With Rick, Eugene, and Tim, you're in The Pericast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The Biden administration is seeking to block more offshore drilling along the Atlantic and Pacific coasts. The U.S. Oil and Gas Association President Tim Stewart joins Fox News to share his thoughts on this development. 
we are behind for sure. Uh, the reality is, is this is the problem with a somewhat schizophrenic energy policy where the president says one thing and the bureaucracy does another. Meanwhile, Biden faces calls from his own party to do more to curb fossil fuel emissions. Flight delays and cancellations are worsening as the holiday weekend gets underway. The number of delays within, into, or out of the United States jumped to 2,450 alone on Saturday. Nearly 600 flights have been canceled on Saturday. Saturday as well. The airport seeing the most issues is Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. This is USA Radio News. An American being held in Russia's trial is underway. WNBA star and Olympic gold medalist Brittany Griner was accused by a Russian prosecutor of moving a significant amount of cannabis oil during her first appearance in court Friday. U.S. Deputy Chief of Mission Elizabeth Rood outside the Moscow courtroom. The Russian Federation has wrongfully detained Ms. Greiner. Wrongful detention uh, is unacceptable wherever it occurs and it endangers the safety of everyone traveling, living, working, studying abroad. Law experts in the United States say Ms. Greiner will be found guilty in a Russian court as the judge presents the evidence and does most of the work in the trial. Proceedings will continue Thursday as Brittany faces 10 years in prison. From the West Coast USA, Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. Tesla vehicle deliveries fell quarter over quarter for the first time in more than two years. You're listening to USA Radio News. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-998-7173. 800-998-7173. That's 800-998-7173. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Long and short, Rick Hilberg, and we'll get into more detail. And also, we have questions from our audience that Tim will bring up. You don't see a physical reality behind any of this? I, I see a physical reality possibly behind some of it. I'm still holding out that there, there is some sort of this intelligence that I really kind of think is, is doing it. They may, able, they may be able to create a physical presence somehow that we do not understand. So I think some of this, um, some of these cases, yes, that is, that is the case. But I think the overwhelming number of the experiencer cases are self-generated. Let's, let's put it that way, that they are creating these experiences out of some sort of need. They Let's face it, the UFO myth 
is everywhere. We can see it on the advertising on television. We can see it on the TV, on these various TV shows all the time. We can, those who still read, can read about them all they want to. We see it on the Internet and the postings and that. It has become, a, like I said before, a functioning myth. And to those people, it's, it's very real. And, it, it, and as a matter of fact, it, it may, there may be so many people that believe in the myth that maybe it is real in a certain sense. That it does manifest itself in some sense or or, or other. Uh, I think the vast majority of the the experiencer cases um, are, are self-generated, and it's it, it's 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 not any intentional hoaxing on the part of the recipients. The far from it. They, as I said before, they they thoroughly truly believe that that has been happening to them. Well, this is a good opportunity to uh, uh, bring up one of the uh, questions from our listeners. And this one is from uh, Richard Hodkins. And Richard wants to know if uh, Rick has discovered anything about portals to other dimensions or other realities. That seems to be a, uh, a hot thing right now uh, going on around the uh, uh, UFO community. No, I have not. The idea of Window areas, Keel brought up back in the 1960s. This was areas around the country that, that, uh, that Keel had supposedly investigated where UFOs would somehow manifest themselves more often than, you know, any, at any other time at some other random location. These, these were hot areas where something from somewhere would come and mess with people or be seen or do bizarre things such as Mothman and uh, all these, some of these the, the other cases. Now, now it's become portals, space-time portals. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that as, as science fiction movies have evolved and become more and more uh, dependent upon special effects and, and storylines that are very exciting, you know, from Star Wars, from Star Trek, from Star Wars, on and on and on and on. I think this, this, the, the idea of portals um, have been have brought up been brought up numerous times. You know, like the Philadelphia experiment. Um, uh, talked, you know, talked about things of that nature. Um, I'm trying to think about the. Uh, oh, the one movie, Final Countdown, is another good example of, of something like that happening, where the where people are somehow or other sucked back into time, uh, and the, the aircraft carrier Nimitz goes back to before Pearl Harbor and finds out what is told by someone from the past or whatever, or the, what's going to happen, and, and had a chance to, you know, to, to wipe out the Japanese fleet, but... Uh, it's it's been there. It's been there in fiction. It's been there in our, in our science fiction and story. I think that that's that's probably has has caused a another um, uh, a resurgence of the of this idea. But again, you know, it's kind of like if you keep going on and on and on about all oh, these UFOs are coming down, there's being sighted of uh, that gets boring. That gets you know that gets old hat. That's you know. Oh, I'm I'm tired of this. You you have to kind of escalate things up. You have to have some other, you know, titillating thing. Oh, look what they're doing now. Or oh gosh, look at that ranch down in Utah. Look at all this stuff that's going on down there. Oh my gosh, that's a portal. That's that's from you know. 
I don't know. To me, I think it's just it's just the field evolving and people naturally evolving to uh, to satisfy some sort of need. I don't know what the need is. Uh, but, but no, I've never investigated any portals or portal edge portals. I have investigated window areas. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, yeah, I have. As a matter of fact, I I lived um, uh, several blocks from a window area in Cleveland um, that I wrote about extensively, where things like this would pop up from time to time and were witnessed by people, um, and, including myself and other ufologists, by Ed Beeble. Uh, down there in Arizona, um, in Nogales, uh, he's still active in the field, and, and he was then living in Cleveland and, and part of our you know local group. Uh, he was there witnessing these things. He, he knew about this window area. So uh, yes, I have investigated window areas, but we did not consider them portals at that time. We just thought this was some area where somehow or other these things are sighted more frequently for whatever reason. All right. So now you say that things would pop up. What uh, uh, what were you what were you or what were people seeing? You know, close uh, to your uh, uh, to your area. They would see conventional UFOs. Mm-hmm. They would see, you know, uh, uh, for instance, uh, and uh, I could even tell you the date. Um, it was May sixth of nineteen sixty six. Um, a number of us had gathered at the home of one of our uh, fellow members. Um, on the west side of Cleveland, uh, for those who are familiar with Cleveland, uh, in the West Park area on Triscuit Avenue. We were admittedly sky-watching that particular night because we were all ufologists, and sky-watching was a very popular activity. Uh, people would give an opportunity to get together at night, bring your binoculars, bring your camera, bring a telescope, whatever, and we would, you know, have a good time. Uh, we would watch the sky for UFOs and and be able to discuss our favorite subject and just, you know, it was something to do. And we thought, well, maybe we'll get lucky. Well, we did get lucky that night, about um, quarter to uh, 10 o'clock, just as it was uh, the, the last light was there, we, we happened to sight a an object that was coming up from the southwest, heading up towards the northeast. And uh, this thing was moving silently. If you, any of you, uh, your listeners, have ever seen the old television series Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, that good Irwin Allen classic from the 60s, um, if you remember that the, the submarine uh, had a flying submarine, the flying sub, and uh, the sea view was the submarine, the flying sub. This is exactly what that damn thing looked like. It looked like the flying sub, that same mantis sort of shaped thing, heading silently on the bottom of it. It was the, 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 the there were three. Uh, bands, let's say, like looking like fluorescent bands of of a whitish light on the bottom of it, which was which was also a, a white whitish color, but distinct, uh, distinguishable from from the from the background color. Um, and we we were able to to watch it for probably fifteen twenty seconds until it went out of sight. I had my binoculars. I had it in the binoculars. Other people had it in their binoculars. Ed Beeble saw it. Uh, what was it? I don't know. We got a lot more to know in our excursion through the history of ufology and the explorations into the unknown in which Rick Hilbert has engaged for so many decades. 
Obviously, he's not an E.T. follower. He's not chasing after E.T. He's not chasing after the Space Brothers. He's not going to be abducted, I don't think, tomorrow. And he's not going to channel. Except maybe Channel 7 on his TV set. Yes. <laughs> Tim Swartz is our guest co-host. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800 that's 800-507-3137. 
now with orders to stay at home. Public health concerns. The reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses. Your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with Rick Hilberg. I kind of had to interrupt you there for a break. Would you want to go on, please? Well, that's my extent of, of... A window area investigation. There were others in Ohio. I did not participate in those investigations. Ed Beeble did, along with some other people uh, that I know. Uh, one down near the Wayne National Forest in central Ohio uh, that Keel kind of uh, put them on to with mixed results. Um, but uh, that's what we believed in. As I was saying back back in that time, we we did not believe in portals. We believed that there were there were certain areas where things were sighted more frequently for whatever reason, possibly popping in from some sort of portal, if you want to say it. But I don't think that was that was what everybody was actually thinking at the time. This is just where they congregate more often. I, I, in Keel, I think there were certain sections on Long Island, I believe, Gene, where things were happening that, that Keel supposedly were, uh, had investigated that was quite active, right? Ah, uh, yes, the portal area. What about Skinwalker Ranch? Well, Skinwalker Ranch is a very interesting thing. I mean, you know, I, I read the, the first book about it, what was it, 25 years ago or whatever, in the Nids days, the Bigelow days. It's all very, all very interesting, all very fascinating. And there's, there's where the portal idea popped up. Now that it's a very popular TV show, um, um, I do watch it occasionally. But are we assuming it's a real area or just something staged? to get people to come out there? That is the question. That is the question. I believe that there have been things that have happened there, um, as there have been things happening in other areas, other window areas over the years. And if we go back into history, we will find those window areas in various parts of the world and various parts of the country where things seem to happen year after year after year. Okay, strange, mysterious things. Not just UFOs, but sightings of monsters, Bigfoot, ghosts, you name it, apparitions, mystery creatures, cryptids, you want to call them that, whatever. Yes, my only reservation about the Skinwalker Ranch thing going on 
It, it is a weekly television show. Um, it is a scripted weekly television show. It, in order to gain the ratings and a, uh, an audience that's going to watch consistently week after week after week, to have a new wonder, you have to have a new mystery every week. And it just so happens that in every single episode, there is this mystery, this that complicates things even more and makes things even more mysterious. So what the hell is going on? I have to watch next week. So sure as hell you tune in next week and some more stuff happens. Mysterious is all hell. But then wait till next week and see how this turns out. It goes on and on. It's a television program that is trying to 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 reach an audience, have sponsorship, pay some bills, and pay some people. If they found the answer, if the answer stopped coming, there would be no television show. The the uh, the, the goose that laid the golden egg would be gone. And it's the same thing with this uh, Oak Island thing. I mean, good God, they've been searching this program for about Oak Island has been going on for what ten years. And they're still trying to find the treasure, and they still have They still every week they find something that's even more titillating to make you tune in. So, you tell me. Well, I'll tell you this: there's a TV show called Law and Order, S for you on NBC. It's been around for what 23 years so far. Uh huh. So, if you have a show that's been around for 23 years, you want to keep the interest up. Right. That's the business. You can't, you know, you can't, uh, you have to keep interest up. You can't have, you can't have somebody on your, on your program that's going to say, that's not going to say anything. That's not going to bring something up that's going to interest some people. You, 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 you'll be off the air. You'd be, you know, out of the gig. So everybody has to do something, has to come up with something. It's, it's even more so, uh, they're more so pressured in a television situation because that's such a doggy dog industry. Um, and that, 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 those are the rules. That's the game. You have to play the game. Uh, whether it's ancient astronauts, I mean, well, how long has that show been on? That's been on forever. I mean, uh, you know, and it's like, uh, who is it? It's, uh, what is Josh Gates? Um, if I'm getting the name right, the, the mysteries he explores, this, the other thing. You're always, are we going to, we're looking for the mystery of the buried treasure of Sinbad the Sailor. Do they find it? No. It's just like not finding Bigfoot. You know, they never found the Bigfoot. But it went on week after week, and you'd see, little, oh, God, we got a witness here. And they're out in the woods at night, and they hear something knocking on a tree. Oh, my God. You know, it, it, went on, it has to go on and on. It can't be solved because that's the end of the series. It's more so in a traditional drama. Even the streaming now, instead of having episodes of the week, they, they do things in parts. So maybe right. Bosch is 10 parts. or this. Well, and what they'll do is they'll take one story, like a novel, and you'll see it resolved within 10 parts. You'll know by the time the season ends, most everything will be resolved, except perhaps maybe they'll leave a cliffhanger for the following season. Yes. But it will yes. be resolved. But the difference being the old-fashioned TV show like Star Trek Strange New Worlds is old-fashioned. They resolve 98% of everything in one episode, 
and where there's anything left, it's just going to carry over for the entire season. That's the yeah. normal way. But with a reality show that's covering the paranormal, they can go on for 25 years and they never find the real ghosts. Not just, oh, we found this noise and that noise. Right, right. And what I what I found too about some of these programs, and this is this is one of my peeves. I won't mention the the, the, the national organization that that has had has had in the past a regular TV show about UFOs and supposedly seriously investigating them, um, but they have so-called experts that are on there who are, are, are producers or cast members or, or people off this. They're having this UFO researcher that I've never in my life heard of before or since, but they were on that program. You know, they're, they're, they're part of the production crew and they're, they're in there and they're spouting off with all their expertise, supposedly. And, um, they're phony. I remember one instance where, they really pulled something on one of our former co-hosts, Chris O'Brien. He goes on UFO Hunters. This is a show where mm-hmm. William Burns was like the host. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh. Okay, well, we can get into that, but we're not going to. We wanted to give him a chance to answer the criticisms, and I haven't heard back from him. Anyway, so Chris is talking about the Mysterious Valley. And they moved everything in the edited version to Sedona, Arizona. Now, one thing about the Mysterious Valley, it is not in Sedona, Arizona. So what they did is they manipulated what he said and put the context totally different. Right. Why, I have Sedona's no idea. Hot. Sedona's hot. Sedona's known. That's the paranormal capital of the Southwest. That's where all the, the in people, the New Age people, go to gather to, to experience whatever it is they experience. Not up, not up in, uh, in Colorado and New Mexico, in the San Luis Valley. It's oh, it's all happening in Sedona. That that's better. That's better. That 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 plays better in Peoria. Believe me. I don't like driving there though. <laughs> driving where Peoria? <laughs> no, driving to Sedona, Arizona from the Phoenix area because you have these mountainous roads where you're turning around, yeah. and if yeah. you look to the left or right, you have this sheer cliff. I don't like driving on that kind of road, what the, so what I just the, what, simply do not want to go there. Maybe I'll have a flying saucer take me. Maybe Scotty or someone will beam me up to the place, the but I'm not going the, any other way. Yeah, what is the creek or the, the or whatever that goes down? It's a big scenic drive you can take from Phoenix down to Sedona. I can't think of the name. We did it. Carol and I did it years ago uh, when we headed down that way. I, I forget the, some canyon or... or Whatever. Anyway, but there, 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 there's a rather scenic. It was a rather scenic drive for us. I don't. But that was a long time ago. Anyway, my interest in driving these days is, I have to go there. I will get there as safely as possible, and I don't really care about that. I had fun doing the Pacific Coast Highway, but that was maybe three thousand five hundred years ago. Yes. We have Rick and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the problem we have here, Rick Hilberg, is someone wants to learn something solid, something factual about UFOs. But instead they end up with, I can't even use the word, on commercial radio. <laughs> Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I'll, I'll bring up a question now. This is from uh, uh, Kurt Collins, mm-hmm. and Kurt wants to know, and since we were talking about Skinwalker Ranch, that's uh, what made me uh, bring this up. It says, the ATIP contract paid Robert Bigelow's team to study UFOs in the paranormal. So even if UFOs are somehow connected with haunted houses and Bigfoot and what have you, how can they be studied together? That's a good question. How can yeah. they be studied together? A lot of people try to study them together. A lot of people have connect, tried to connect the Bigfoot phenomenon with the UFO phenomenon uh, and try to, 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 to tie them together. It's all, to me, it's have at it. If you want to, if you want to try to come up with this great big, you know, theory or, or, or you know, answer that encompasses everything, go ahead and, and do it. But I, I, I don't see it being done. I mean, uh, they're undoubtedly at the, at the core of it. There very well may be, let's call it a paranormal element that is common to Bigfoot, uh, UFOs, Skinwalker, ranch, portals, whatever, you know, ghosts, 
mystery mystery creatures, cryptids. Uh, th- there may be some common source. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It's interesting to think. Now, if, if we had this, if, if we did, uh, you know, consider what I think, that there is an intelligence that is living with us, coexisting with us, let's say, um, I think that, they, that, that that could answer a lot. This stuff could be coming via them for whatever reason. I do not know. I'm not saying that's actually happening. I don't know. But there is there is a an awful lot of strange things going on everywhere and have been and probably always will be. What about yourself? Uh, uh, you know, you've you've been in this field for a long time. What are some of the most uh, 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 fascinating cases that uh, you yourself investigated? That I myself investigated. Well, there, mm-hmm. there were yeah, there were a couple that that, that I was involved in. Uh, the, the May sixth case back at, as I mentioned before in Cleveland. There was there was a night uh, a year later, uh, October ninth of nineteen or earlier rather, a year earlier in nineteen sixty five, October ninth of nineteen sixty five, when Alan Manick, my old old cohort Alan Manick, uh we we had we had a, a local organization that we belonged to and there was a UFO hotline that uh, rang into his house and he would answer it, you know, um Whenever he was home, when he was not home working, his wife would answer it. He would answer it in the middle of the night and go out and investigate if necessary. And I went with him quite often. Uh, but on that night, uh, it was a Saturday night. There was a light drizzle out. Uh, it was rather cool. Uh, the cloud ceiling was at 2,200 feet. Uh, people on Cleveland's uh, near west side, near the downtown area of Cleveland, started to see an object that was consistently described as being disc-shaped, um, having revolving lights going in a counterclockwise direction across its, uh, across its, uh, the, the, the rim of it, and uh, other lights on it also. And it was consistently reported, and not only called into Almanic, we received 92 telephone calls that night, but it was also called into the, several of the, the Cleveland radio stations and called into the Cleveland Press and Cleveland Plain Dealer. Well, when all this was going on, Al Manick started to call other people in the UFO group, and one of them was me. And it tracked that this thing was heading west. So I immediately went out, and uh, I went and uh, was able to, to see it uh, up to, to the north, heading towards the west. And it did indeed have uh, lights revolving. I, I could not see the shape of it because it was it was off to the north of me. Uh, I only saw it edge on, but it did have uh, lights flashing in a sequential pattern around its, the rim of it. And it just gradually, there it was. It was only 2,200 feet, foot ceiling, and it was a drizzle. So, so I mean, the it had to have been pretty damn close for me to have gotten a, a look at it in any event. Uh, and it continued heading west. Well, after I saw it, Back back then, CB radio was the Facebook of its era, and um, Eddie Beeble and myself and a couple other people from the UFO group, as a matter of fact, we, we, we were on the Citizens Band radio. So I got on there on the particular channel that uh, the, the, the UFO people hung out on, and I started to, to, to tell people what's going on, and a couple of them saw it. And this object eventually went out um, 
into the far suburbs of, not the far suburbs, but out to like the, the suburb of Fairview Park, which is probably 14 miles due west of downtown Cleveland where it originated and disappeared. Okay, so I was helping Al with the investigation. I was an eyewitness. Um, I can't remember whether Eddie Beeble saw it or not. I can't remember. Uh, if he's listening, maybe he can let me know or let you guys know. Anyway, um, investigating the case, the first thing that Al thought of was this is an advertising plane because he had had call other advertising planes that were seen over the city. Now, usually the advertising, uh, the, the air advertising agency will only go up on clear nights. It doesn't go up on a rainy night where nobody's going to see this. Um, there were two, there were two advertising companies that had these planes. One was in Cleveland, one was in Akron. They both interchangeably hit the whole area. He, he, he knew who to call. He called both of them. No, they were not aloft that night. Okay, that eliminated that. That, that was, that was the, the, the prime suspect was an advertising plane. Um, and, and then in gathering all the, the, the report forms, he would get these people's name and address. That's what, He could only take 92 calls because he was getting information from them, a description he was writing down, and then getting, where can I get a hold of you? I'm going to send you a form. Will you fill it out? Well, a surprising number of people actually took the time to fill out the form, dozens of them, several dozen, and they actually sent them back. And and, and going through them, it was a Consistency to the to the case, consistency to the descriptions they were giving. Misidentification. Um, plus, it was silent. Some people had seen it directly overhead, going over their house. Totally silent, large, large as a quarter held at arm's length, at least. That's pretty big. Um, it was, it's an unknown case, and uh, the number, if 92 people saw it and called in to Al Manic, how many saw it and did not call in? So I would have to say it, 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 was, a, it was a nasty evening, but people were out and about um, driving or shopping or whatever on a, a Saturday night. I think it was about 8.30, somewhere around that time, not, not horribly late. Um, there were probably hundreds of people that saw that object that night in Cleveland. Um, so there's a, there's a, a dire good case. Um, personally, I've, I've investigated, as a matter of fact, I had a, a hotline that, that, that ran into this very house um, from like 1978 and on through the 80s and through the early 80s when it just became too much. And we actually were able to get, we took out an ad in the phone book, the UFO Report Center, uh, we had bumper stickers made up, C-U-F-O, and it was a different number. It was my old number. I could tell you the number now, um, 8260-225. And don't anybody call that number. It's probably been reassigned again. But um, Don't call that number. Don't, don't, don't call that number. Ricky, don't you know, call it's interesting here how the society has changed so much. We had phone books. We had the ads yeah. in the phone books, all that stuff. Yeah. We've got Rick Hilberg. He is not an ad in the phone book. He's real, I think. Tim Swartz, Gene Steinberg, you're in the Paracast.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I want to go back a little quickly. We have other questions from the audience, but I want to go back quickly, Rick Hilberg, to your mm-hmm. youth. What did your parents think about all this craziness? Surprisingly, they were quite tolerant. Um, that, that's the thing, because there was a certain stigma about anyone who was involved in chasing these flying saucers. Boy, you are some kind of nutcase. You're some kind of nutcase, Alice. You know, that was it. Um, I know even when I was in high school, um, I would be on radio programs um, on one particular station. It was that's still around. It was a 50,000-watt clear channel station. It was called the uh, UFO Roundtable, and it, it was heard in 38 states and a couple of Canadian provinces and probably on Venus and Mars as well. But anyway, the kids would get wind of that and hear me on it, and I would get ribbed about it, something fierce in school. But my parents stuck with me. Uh, my dad would even uh, would accompany me to, to UFO meetings in different parts of the country um, for something to do to, on a trip, and he was tolerant of it. My mother would help out at our conventions. So would my dad, you know. So I did not have the problem with parents, um, you know, ridiculing me for, for wasting my time on UFOs. Here's another question. Uh, this one is, uh, uh, again, from uh, Kurt Collins. And uh, Kurt wants to know that, uh, uh, do you think that the UFO government is uh, is suppressing uh, UFO evidence? And if so, uh, what? I actually believe the government is suppressing UFO evidence. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the, the government has... Governments always play things close to the vest. They're always tight-lipped. I think for a while that the government was just as confused about the UFO phenomenon as we were, the ufologists. Do I believe that they had an answer back then? No. Uh, Why do I believe that? Because UFOs is basically an intelligence problem. Uh, people were seeing these these objects all over the country and calling into the local air force bases or or news media. And the, uh, people were basically pestering the air force or government agencies. What's going on? What am I seeing? So they they had to do something. So Project Blue Book was set up, and they made, went through the the, the 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 motions of investigating as best they could. Um, of course, they had to debunk it because they're they're you know you, you don't want to intelligence channels to be clogged with these reports and and uh, cause some other incident to go on notice. For instance, bombers coming over the poles from Russia, Russian bear bombers and ready to bomb Milwaukee. You know, they, 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 they didn't want that to happen. So it, it was not handled as a scientific problem. All along, it was handled as an intelligence problem. And I think that that's still, that's still the same today. Um, today, they call them UAPs, you know, and all the ufologists now are switching over. That's a hip term. Oh, UFOs are so, oh, that's passe. That's 
not. The government calls on the UAPs. We have to. We have to sound hip. We have to sound in like we know what the hell we're talking about. So now it's no longer UFOs; it's UAPs. But anyway, I digress. I, get me raving. I digress. Um, is there going to be disclosure? Disclose what? There's nothing to disclose. It's a it's a massive confusion. A bunch of reports. Do I think that there are that there have been crash saucers? Possible, but I kind of doubt it. If there are as many UFO crashes as some people claim, with all the evidence, these little bodies and, and it would be stacked up like cordwood down at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. But I don't think they are. How many? You know, have we? reverse engineer these UFOs, the sport model and all this other stuff that we heard. I don't think so. Why? You know, why haven't we used them? Why haven't we used them? And why did we use them in the Gulf War? Why aren't we use somebody using them now in the Ukraine? We're not using them. What are we doing with them? Do we have a special space force, a secret space force? We've been out in space for years now uh, in cahoots with alien creatures. Lord, I don't think so. To, to, to me, I think that's a, that's a total fantasy. A lot, of, a lot of it doesn't make any sense at all on any level. And the technology they're talking about just does not exist and did not exist. So there, there's just... To, to me, the whole disclosure movement, which has been going around for years, and back in the time of Kehoe, NICAP was, was hoping for the big disclosure from the Air Force and fighting for it. The silence group was keeping it from them. Dave, send your dollars to NICAP. We, we're going to fight them. We're going to get to the truth. We're going to get the answers. They're going to admit it. Back in the 1970s, I heard that NASA was going to get involved. Jimmy Carter asked NASA to get involved uh, in the thing, and NASA politely told Jimmy to go, you know, skip a rope. We're not getting involved in it. Um, and I think the same goes for today. There's a lot of intriguing things are being seen. Do we know what they are? No. Does the government know exactly what they are? No. What's to disclose? You tell me. All right. Well, let's see. We have uh, we have one last question from. Do we lose? All right. We all right here. Okay. <laughs> we have one last question here from uh, Kirk Collins, and uh, since we were talking about uh, UFO evidence that the uh, U.S. government may be suppressing, what about UFO cases that have been suppressed by ufologists? But yes, some cases have been suppressed by certain ufologists, and it's the old thing. I want exclusivity here. I don't want anybody to horn in on my territory. That's what's happened. Yes, it has happened. It's happened to me. It happened to me back in 1966 when I went and investigated the Sparneff case uh, on April 17th of that year down near Ravenna, Ohio, when the when the the two sheriff's deputies had the initial sighting of of an object down there and eventually ended up chasing it over into the Pennsylvania border and actually another uh, police enjoyed the case and even some over in Pennsylvania, but that's beside the point. We went to investigate it. Myself, uh, I met up with a fellow named Ralph. Um, oh, 
I forget his name, but he, he, he's long gone now. He was from an Akron UFO group. We met down there at the Portage County Sheriff's Department. Um, Larry Moyer, no, Larry, yeah, Larry Moyer, Larry Moyer. And, uh, we went and, and approached the sheriff and wanted to, wanted to investigate the case. We gave him our credentials. I had copies of my magazine. Uh, Larry had his card uh, from his local organization. I still had mine from my organization. We all gave it to him. We're not just a couple stiffs off the street. You know, we want to get, he says, well, I can't let you do that. I said, why? We said, why? Why can't you let us do that? He said, because the government's involved. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a cliffhanger. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a perfect cliffhanger. Like they do with the TV shows and the reality shows. They're doing a cliffhanger, and we've got Rick and Gene and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here's a question for you. Why is it that some people aren't as stressed out about the future as you'd think they'd be? Answer? They're probably among the millions of Americans who have prepared themselves with emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. If the worst ever happens, literally millions of American families are already protected from dealing with empty store shelves. Is yours? If not... Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now and grab some emergency food kits, at least one for each member of your family. These kits give you a wide variety of delicious meals that average over 2,000 calories per day. Everything stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. Order your kits now by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your order will ship fast and arrive discreetly in unmarked boxes. Listen. This is something you need to jump on now, before the next news headline stuns the world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is appealing the British government's decision to extradite him to the United States. Assange faces 17 charges of espionage and one charge of computer misuse in the United States. The Supreme Court ruled on Thursday that a Trump administration program designed to restrict illegal immigration at the southern border can be stopped by the Biden administration. Appearing on Fox News, Tennessee Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn says the Biden administration's border control policies are leading to unsafe conditions for illegal immigrants and Americans. The Biden border policy is an open border policy. It is one of the most uncompassionate things I've ever seen in my life. Have a happy and safe 4th of July weekend. This is USA Radio News. Uvalde School District's police chief Pete Ariando has stepped down from his position in the city council. This just weeks after being sworn in following allegations that he aired with his response to the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School that left 19 students and two teachers dead. On MSNBC, Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez expresses frustration that details into the Uvalde shooting are still unavailable to the public. And here we are, over almost approaching 40 days from this incident, and we still don't know what happened because DPS has chosen to cloister all of the evidence. 
The National Hurricane Center says Tropical Storm Colin will continue to dump heavy rain along the coast of South Carolina. A tropical storm warning is in effect for parts of the Carolinas with heavy rain and possible flooding through Sunday. You're listening to USA Radio News. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Rick Hilberg, you gave us a cliffhanger. Please persist. Okay. And Larry and I, and there was another few people, a couple of my my friends from the group, and they were just kind of observing everything. What agency is here? And the the guy showed me an identification card. It was NICAP. (laughs) It was a a, a gentleman whose name I will not mention. He may still be alive, but he was a friend of Stan Friedman's. (laughs) <laughs> by the way, in Pittsburgh, and uh, from the Pittsburgh NICAP subcommittee, and he wanted exclusivity on the Sparneff case. We said, this is not the government. This is a civilian organization. That's baloney. Uh, and we convinced him, and we were finally able to get to talk to Spar and Neff and investigate the case. So we went out with them, the whole lore and legend of the case. I was there and investigated, saw the mysterious car at the side of the road, the so-called mysterious car, and yada, yada, yada. I got all the, the details on the case, as did Larry. Um, but there, NICAB wanted, wanted to suppress that. And there, there have been other instances where other UFO groups have done that. I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, other people have run into the same problem. Let's just put it that way, where somebody gets wind of the case and you're not going to get involved in this. I have it sewed up, period. <laughs> All right. Now, you're going to have to go back. I'm, I'm sure that probably a lot of our listeners have no idea what the mysterious car is on this case. You want to fill us in? Okay. Well, in the legend and lore of this case, in the area where this UFO was first sighted, where actually it did, it was a large, basically a dome disc with two big spotlights out of the side of it that came down and illuminated the ground. And it was traveling along this, this one particular road, Natwater, Ohio, and it illuminated a, a car that was abandoned at the side of the road, apparently abandoned, and went on and blah, blah. And, uh, later on, Spar and Neff went back to investigate this 
car. Okay. And the lore and legend is people, it was a mysterious car abandoned on the side of the road with radio equipment in it and some little sticker or homemade sign on the side of the window, seven steps from hell. Okay. That mysterious car, it's still a big deal. It's, it was a 1956 Chevrolet 150 four-door sedan that was painted with uh, light blue rattle can spray paint that had cheap CB walkie-talkies in the back of it uh, and a bunch of junk. And it was abandoned. The thing probably conked out at the side of the road, and somebody left it there. Whatever happened to the car, I have no idea. I'm sure somebody eventually came for it, or they hauled it away to the impound lot, and it was scrapped. I don't know. But it was not this mysterious car with radio equipment in it that was involved in the case. So these are how things like this happen. You you read some stuff in books and magazines, even today, and maybe you even watch it on tabloid TV shows. You know, this this really is weird. Well, I'm sorry, I even brought that up, but that that's just that was just that's a historical thing, and that's what I get into. So that that's the mysterious car. No, that's great. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's that's part of, like you said, that's part of the uh, UFO lore. And mm-hmm. if people don't do their research properly, you know, they'll read this and then just repeat it. And then that gets repeated and repeated and repeated. And the next thing you know, it's online being repeated and then finally you know the the, the car is is glowing and flying around itself <laughs> along with the ufo you know that's how these stories get propagated yeah yeah well this was back in the day this was before we had the internet of course and it was uh, a lot of ufo writers who should have known better you know just just kept going and building on top of it so that's how the myth of the mysterious car started and it probably exists if, if anybody ever wants to dig up that little case i don't know it's 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 been probably revisited a number of times in other uh, thousand books out there on Amazon. Probably hit upon it somewhere that I'm not aware of. And who knows, a mysterious car may even, as you said, have been glowing, or maybe it had dead bodies, alien bodies in it. And I, I don't know. It could be there. <laughs> you saying that, it, it, it makes me think of a, uh, a, a movie called Repo Man, where there's the abandoned car, that had uh, alien bodies in the trunk. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, the co- the cops found it. Kind of a, si- a similar situation. Cops find yeah. this uh, abandoned car at the side of the road, open wow. the trunk, and are promptly irradiated by, you know, these these radioactive mm. dead alien bodies. So, But, mm. uh, you know, you could see, though, how stories that end up in movies or television shows can be lifted from some of these cases, and people will see them and say, wow, that really happened. Oh, yes. A prime example of that, uh, Tim, is if you ever watched the, the, the series a few few seasons ago, Project Blue Book? Blue Book, where yeah. The, yeah, where they, they completely bastardized the, the whole Alan Hynek and Mimi Hynek and all the work that he had done and came out with this totally fictional television series supposedly based on actual cases. They were based on actual cases a little bit, but there was, I mean, 
any reality being told there was uh, was not happening. Uh, they they were embellished. There may have been a, a grain. The town may have been mentioned properly. The basics of the story may have been mentioned, but that that was all. Uh, everything that happened was just a bunch of science fiction. Uh, to me, that's that that was it was a very tragic situation when Alan Hynek's reputation and that of his wife had to have been you know dragged across the the the, the small screen on such schlock as that it was it was dreck it was it was horrible of course it was meant to be a sci-fi show but some of that thing got ridiculous they tried to turn dr heineck into an action hero and that's perverse but it it was not initially advertised as a science fiction show no it was not heavily promoted as a science fiction show it was you know promoted as what was going on with, you know, the UFO investigation back in the day and what Heineck had done for, for the Air Force. Um, it was obviously a science fiction program, but I think a lot of people that were watching it really weren't, a, weren't aware. But in any event, it was horrible, trashy science fiction that took a very honorable, decent man and his, hit his wife and uh, totally distorted their lives and their work. What is sad is that his children seem to have embraced the show. And maybe they got an offering before the show began. I can't imagine them being so favorable after a few episodes were aired. Well, I don't know, but money talks. Well, speaking of money, I've told this story before because we had the author of a bio of Dr. Heineck on the show. He got for his participation in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, including the cameo, $3,500. In a movie that made hundreds of millions of dollars, $3,500. Right. I I believe that. Welcome to Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and plus, Heineken didn't even know that they were making the movie. Yeah, uh, he found he found out about him from somebody else, and he you know contacted uh, I guess uh, Spielberg's people and said, hey, you know, <laughs> you should you should have uh, you should have my input on this show, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, who are you? Yeah, we we're going to distort all these other cases all we want. So who are you to tell us you know <laughs> the, the, the true facts? But anyway, it was of course it was fiction. Very very good movie. Very good movie. Yes, I remember the scene. As a matter of fact, there's the, the one of these. Uh, Gene well knows what a monger is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a sort of a dirty trick back in the old UFOs name. Uh, Jim Mosley came up with the word monger in the sense, not like the rumor monger, but to monger somebody, a special meeting, yes. which is a hoax somebody. I haven't brought that up in yes. years. Rick, Gene, and Tim, you're in. <laughs> the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. 
We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. No matter if supply lines are down, product deliveries are slow, and that most everything costs more these days, you still have neck and shoulder pain, right? Good news. Sunny Bay has new products that target neck and shoulder pain. Products that are in stock now, ready to ship anywhere now. Like our extra long neck heating pads. They provide soothing relief to painful sore necks and backs. You can heat them in a microwave oven, and they come in a variety of colors and patterns. And for stress relief, get our lavender-scented hands-free neck wraps or maybe you need one of our smaller lower back wraps great for seniors again there's no shipping delays from sunny bay find our new products on amazon walmart etsy and sunny-bay.com just search for sunny bay neck wraps all our products are great for men or women are reusable and easy to clean remember just search for sunny bay neck wraps order now because stock is high and shipping is fast from sunny bay Americans have the most colorful language in the world, and that vibrant language is our basis for thinking in big ways, new ways, efficient ways, and better ways. Americans have freedom of speech. The pairing of our colorful language and freedom of speech has made us the people and the nation that we are today. Imagine what it would be like not having the freedom to speak our minds, communicate our thoughts and ideas, and hear those from others. Americans have a passion for and yearn for the truth. There are those who want to destroy our freedom and right to hear the truth. The truth is under attack. GCN is under attack. I'm asking our fellow broadcasters and you to rise up and help us defend our right to free speech. Would you like to join us? Please consider visiting SaveGCN.com. Please help us bring you the truth 24 hours per day. I'm Vincent Finelli. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. Patricia, excellent herbal formula. I use Extendivite to keep my cardiovascular system fine-tuned. Brian, I'm using Extendivite, and for me, it has made a world of difference. God made all these nutrients in the ground. Enough said. Cami, five stars. I feel a lot of energy since I started taking Extendivite. TR, five stars. All I can say is Extendivite works. Buy it, try it, and see for yourself. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with this is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. to tell you there that Tim Swartz is not mongering us. See, folks, a brand new word. We have to get that in Merriam-Webster, an alternate word for monger. 
to hoax somebody. Yes. Well, anyway, getting back to J. Allen Hynek appearing for a mere pittance in Close Encounters of the Third Kind at the very end where he's stroking his beard, looking in awe as the UFO is landing. Gray Barker, the well-known ufologist, writer, friend of ours, and a supreme prankster along with Jim Bosley, uh, ran a theater booking business and had several theaters down in West Virginia. When Close Encounters was coming around, when he was showing them in his theater or theaters, he had two at one time, I don't know how many he had back there in 78, but what he did was he took the, the film copy and he went into his room and spliced out Heineck's appearance. <laughs> In the movie. So there was at least one copy, theater copy, of Close Encounters of the Third Kind being circulated. But they would go from town to town, from theater to theater across the country by, you know, whatever agency handled that. So he effectively edited out Heineck as a monger. <laughs> Gray Barker was uh, known for his... Practical jokes? Is that the way? Is that a good way to put it? Or just yeah. outright hoaxery? <laughs> and so was Jim. Jim, when, when Jim mm. and Gray were together in their cups, they they would do the strangest things and make the strangest phone calls. I was even the victim once early on. Tell us about that. <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> I think it was Jim who was who was speaking to me. It was the early days. I received a call one evening, uh, late one evening, from some gentleman who gave some outlandish name, which I can't even remember, from the Better Book League. They were trying to ask me questions about my little UFO magazine and, you know, that they had got complaints on it and this and that and that it was a bunch of hogwash and I was bilking people. And, you know, I went through it for, for a few minutes and I realized, come on, get, get real. So I basically I hung up on them. They, they used to do that stuff all the time. As a matter of fact, they, at one of our conventions down in, in West Virginia, I think it was 1969, it was still the Congress of Scientific Ufologists then, they decided to pull a prank on one of the attendees who was a, a young man who he still may be alive, I'm not going to give his name, who was a troubled young man, who actually believed he was uh, a junior member of the Men in Black or something. Uh, he even dressed the role. He dressed up like a man in black. Um, and this this guy was from Ohio. He was from the, the community, a city uh, west of Cleveland. His father, as a matter of fact, was the mayor of that particular city, a very, very long-serving mayor. Um, but the, the fellow was troubled, and he was obviously troubled, and he dressed the part, and he was in there talking to people about how he was a, a junior man in black and stuff. So, obviously, Jim and, and Gray, after a couple scotch and cokes or whatever the hell they were drinking that night, happened to call this guy's room saying that the, I think it was Jim that was doing it, calling himself Professor Heinrich. And, you know, asking him all sorts of outlandish information and, and trying to hush him up. And, you know, it, uh, it, that, that's the kind of thing they did. That was their fun. But then again, that they both had their serious sides as well. Um, and it's, it's um, both of their reputations, unfortunately, have been tarnished. 
Grace particularly, and um, it's it's a shame, but they that's that's what they did, <laughs> and they they got their dolly best for a while. You know something very interesting here. One day, Jim Mosley places a call to a police department in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that was the Ronacue Reservoir sighting. Not that he yeah. called in a sighting that turned out to be real, but that's what happened. He gives them a fake sighting, and then people see a real object, real being whatever UFOs are. So did right. Jim predict this to happen, or what? I don't know. That's, 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 that's what's crazy about this. That's the strange thing about the phenomenon. Um, Seemingly, it can either generate, you know, all by itself, or somebody can prompt it in certain instances and prompt it to materialize. Who knows? Jim may have inadvertently planted a seed that actually materialized into this particular object that we've seen at the Wanaki Reservoir. I will tell you this, I keep telling this story because I was never so miserable in my life. Not about going to Wanakew, where we were there with Augie Roberts and Jim Mosley. It was because it was so cold. I was shivering. I was wearing a jacket. Right. I couldn't wait to get back to Jim's big Pontiac to warm yeah. up. I don't blame you. It's a it's a it's a it's a hell to go out and, and investigate the ca- a case in the winter. I've done it before. Yes. By the way, folks, Rick Hilberg will be back with us for our premium show after the Paracast, where I'm going to ask him about a few other personal experiences, including the legendary phrase "Hall must fall." He knows what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not going to do right. that here because. That's something that would take too long to explain. Rick Hilberg, let's look at a route that you've taken, a path well taken here. In the next couple of minutes in the show, what are your plans for the future in terms of UFO studies? My plans are just basically to keep on doing what I'm doing on a limited basis, doing my historical research. I've published a number of books and booklets over the years, starting in 1965, and all I know is since like 1997, I think I've done 18 of them. It's probably 20, 24, something like that. It's already out there. There's a, there's a possibility that there may be a commercial book in the works with a publisher. Um, we'll see what happens there. I have sent in uh, a manuscript. Uh, but basically, I'm going to continue my historical research. Like I, as I said, I I write for a couple different publications. I do a lot of posting on Facebook. Uh, I do as much as I can. But what really is kind of the turning point in where I'm going is I've amassed a really large UFO library, probably one of the largest of all sorts of publications and things going back to the 1950s. I collected, bought. Uh, from other dealers back in the day and everything. And it's, you know, I've had file cabinets and a whole bunch of other stuff and probably 700 books on the subject. Basically, my intentions are as soon as my health gets better and the representative from the uh, uh, AFU, the UFO Research uh, Library over in Sweden, they're going to come to pick this stuff up, and I'm donating my files. 
hey, that looks really something that is going to inform lots of people for many decades to come. And we hope you stay healthy for many a year. Do you have a site or is it just Facebook? I don't have a site. It's just on Facebook. Uh, Rick Hilberg, Facebook. So if you want to look me up or send me a friend request, go ahead. So if you can mention the Paracast or something like that, that'll, that'll make the whole thing, whole thing a lot easier because I'm trying to limit the number of people that are out there because what I do is it's only appreciated by the limited number of people, and I just don't need all these people on the list that uh, just don't want to see the stuff. So You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for two Paracast places on Facebook the group and the fan club and all that other good stuff. You can also get branded merchandise at the Paracast.shop. That's with logos and great T-shirts and caps and things. We also offer the Paracast Plus where you get a version of this show free of the network ads. And you also get the After the Paracast podcast that continues discussions and has fresh and new discussions. So Rick will be back for After the Paracast this week. To subscribe, simply go to theparacast.plus. Sign up takes a few minutes. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you get a 20% discount for five-year and lifetime subscriptions, theparacast.plus. Plus, of course, our store is the Paracast.shop. Rick Hilberg, old friend, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Had a great time, boys. I, I really had a great time. It was a joy talking to you guys and letting my hair down and relieving all those old days. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>